Today is Friday, December 30th, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. The Southwest nightmare continues. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Joining me as always to help us get through that news of the cray, Trey Gons Phillips. Joining me now on this Friday, Billy Hallowell's on vacation. What's going on, Trey? Happy Friday. You know, I heard uh, or I saw on Twitter a few minutes ago, someone someone <laughs> tweeting that if your year is bad, at least it's not ending the way that the CEO of Southwest's year oh, is man. ending. Yeah. No, <laughs> so, uh, not good. You know. Yeah. No. But it's the last episode of 2022, right? Yes. That's Onward wild. and forward to 2023. I didn't realize we were uh, Hallowell less for the rest of 2022 when he... Uh, headed off i hadn't thought of it that way but uh yes last episode of the year a lot to get to these anti-christian attacks they're rising in india this is a country that the biden administration doesn't have on the persecution watch list yeah it's wild to see the persecution just ticking up and so quickly right i mean it's it's been on the world watch list open doors world watch list for years yeah uh, but to see them ramping up so quickly and escalating so dangerously is is concerning so we'll get into the details in a few minutes all right and also on the main thing i mean there's stuff going around right now if you if your circles are anything like my circles there's always someone sick right now with not with covid but with flu or flu-like colds. So what's the deal? What's going on? John Stolness talked with CBN's Lori Johnson for an update on that. Uh, But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. And yesterday, Russia launched its most massive missile barrage against Ukraine since the beginning of the invasion earlier this year. That's according to the Ukrainian Defense Ministry. Uh, Russia launched a total of 69 air and sea-based cruise missiles and anti-aircraft guided missiles. Well, the Southwest nightmare is continuing. 2,362 flights have been canceled. That's about 58% of its entire operations. Another 61 flights were delayed. That's on top of the more than 2,300 Southwest cancellations uh, as from Wednesday this week and thousands more from earlier this week. And that CEO that Trey mentioned at the top, CEO Bob Jordan apologized and said they have, quote, some real work to do to make this right. And you can see the viral photos of lost luggage just piling up at the carousels that were not matched with um, the travelers. So a lot of work to do there. And Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has begun his sixth term in office. Israel's 37th government was sworn in yesterday morning in Jerusalem. You can read all the details on that over at CBNnews.com. So, yeah, Trey, this Southwest uh, debacle that's going on right now, I just, thousands of flight, only 61 delayed. You think about that, out of the thousands and thousands of flights that are going, Only 61 were delayed. So if your flight was delayed and you were complaining about it, you're one of the lucky ones. (laughs) <laughs> right. It's it's wild to me that these people have been stranded for days on end. Obviously, there was the storm, and that made sense because everybody was kind of hunkered down with, yeah. with any airline. But for Southwest to be this many days removed from the storm and people still sitting 
in airports with young kids and you know trying to meet up with their families and i also think about the people who are who are maybe traveling for an emergency right they're trying to get to the right. other side of the country because they've got a family member who's sick or something like that my heart just breaks for them who are in those those tough situations because you don't think about that but your travel plans uh, if they're upended uh, that can be a that can be a pretty tricky scenario for people yeah and um man i just it makes me think too of how spoiled we are right like we get to the oh, airport yeah. and we are like we're on time most of the time yes there are some delays now and again but what a well-oiled travel machine we have to be able to go wherever we want across the country as long as you have the funds to do so and then when it breaks down like this we're so used to it going so well you realize how bad it could be i, I think i've mentioned before on this podcast uh, when I went to Haiti to do some reporting there, just Joe's the first time I'd been there and just driving through Port-au-Prince at the time, this is probably, I don't know, four or five years ago now. I don't know what the roads are like, but they didn't have a lot of street signs. So it's one of the more wild things to see a pretty populated city and you, everyone's coming to an intersection and there's no light. They all just drive in there and try to jam their way through. And it's, it's just chaos and you sit there for hours Anyway, just saying, glass half full. This, yeah. I think, highlights that we should uh, probably, at least me, not preaching at you, talking to me, complain less about our travel problems. No, I think that's true. I think it's easy to take for granted the the systems that we have, right? Because yeah. we just think, and we're also an instant gratification generation. Oh, yes. That's the world we live in now. So it's, you know, when you book your flight on your Southwest app or whatever, you expect like 30 minutes later, I'm going to be on the way and I'm going to get on the, you know, go through TSA, which that's a nightmare always. But after you go through <laughs> TSA, you expect yeah. it to be pretty smooth, smooth sailing. So whenever there's even the slightest hiccup, obviously this is a huge hiccup, uh, but even the slightest thing, it, it throws you off because you're, we're just not used to having to, we're a spoiled generation. We're not used to have to wait for anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think there's a great comedian clip. I don't know who it is, but talking about how spoiled we are technology wise, we've gone from having none of this stuff and within a decade or two, you know, he's like, you'll be on the plane and somebody's trying to get on the internet and they're like, come on, this internet's so slow. And he kind of, right. he kind of boils it down and explains you're in a flying tube, <laughs> 30,000 feet in the air, and you're able to connect with somebody all across the globe instantaneously. And it's taking you 30 seconds to download and you're complaining about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Have a little perspective, but uh, no, I have to be, I have to be honest. There have been times when I'm on a flight and I get frustrated <laughs> when there's not free internet. And then I think for a second, this flight, I'm literally going to be four States over in 45 minutes. Like how much more spoiled <laughs> right. can I be? Right. Uh, so then I kind of, usually I'm able to kind of get my, yeah. get my head back. Right. And I'm like, okay, the, not a big deal. Not yeah, a big deal. Indeed. I'll be okay just with my thoughts for 45 minutes. Indeed. So if you're stuck in an airport somewhere, we're praying for you and hope you get uh, hope you get to your spot soon, um, sooner than later, and that your bags are indeed found. So, all right, <laughs> we are gonna we're gonna head into our next story here. And as we mentioned at the top, these anti-Christian attacks are ticking up in India. India, very very dangerous place in certain areas for Christians. So, what's going on here, Trey? 
Yeah, so the attacks, as we said at the top, are increasing, and they're being carried out by radical Hindu nationalists. Uh, They're targeting Christians who refuse to essentially reconvert to Hinduism, according to the persecution watchdog International Christian Concern. Uh, That watchdog is reporting that Christians in 20 villages across the Chhattisgarh state of India uh, were attacked last week during church services. Uh, So the Hindu nationalists, they allegedly used bamboo sticks to attack believers. Uh, They looted their homes, uh, and then they actually destroyed three church buildings. Mm. And several of the victims were uh, severely injured and had to be taken to the hospital. Others escaped, but a lot were were obviously hurt pretty badly and and are getting care now. Mm. What's uh, what has been the response on the ground to this? So, as I said, some of the victims were able to escape, uh, but some of them ran to authorities. Some just ran into the woods nearby and were able to get back to their homes relatively unscathed. But the really sad part is many of the people who went to police were essentially reportedly turned away because mm-hmm. the police just refused to get involved. Uh, so the Christians have just, you know, by default been forced to sort of fend for themselves. Uh, one church leader said that the attacks now are reminiscent of anti-Christian riots that took place way back in 2008 uh, when radical Hindu nationalists again uh, killed 39 believers and dis- destroyed nearly 4,000 homes. Uh, So this is something that's been going on for years, but it kind of died down over the last decade, and now it's ticking back up again. Uh, And and there are, you know, there's a lot of similarities between the violence that took place in 2008 and now that has a lot of Christian leaders there in India really concerned that they could be facing the exact same situation that they were in so many years ago. Mm, So definitely need to be praying there for our brothers and sisters in Christ in India. Where does... Where does India rank, you know, when you talk about Christian persecution, where are they on the list? So right now, according to Open Doors uh, watch list, world watch list, India ranks at number 10 as the 10th most dangerous country in the world for Christians. Uh, that persecution watchdog said that the attacks against Christians, quote, are intensifying as Hindu extremists aim to cleanse the country of their presence and influence. Uh, the group went on to explain, quote, the driving force behind this is Hindutva, uh, an ideology that disregards Indian Christians and other religious minorities as true Indians because they have allegiances that lie outside India. Uh, They also assert that the country should be purified of their presence. So this is a similar line of thinking to communist China, right? We've heard that a whole lot in China, uh, the sinicization of China. They want, you can be Christian, but you need to be devoutly Indian first, or you need to be devoutly Chinese first. Uh, So they'll rewrite scripture. We've covered that extensively. Obviously, in China, they're rewriting the Bible uh, to where it takes out anything that could be construed as anti-communist, which, of course, is a whole lot of scripture could be construed as anti-communist, because in communism, your God is the government, and in Christianity, obviously, your God is the Lord. Uh, So there's a lot of that happening in China, but we're also seeing a lot of that uh, increase in India, too, particularly in certain villages across different states in India. India is a huge country, so there are places where it's more acceptable to be Christian, uh, but then in these villages and in these states, where it's less acceptable, uh, the persecution is getting uh, increasingly violent. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a really under, I think, known area because you, th- you think about Christian persecution, you think about um, places like Nigeria, you think about places like Iran and the Middle East, and India and China, 
And India is not one of the ones I think that probably for most people comes up as as one. But I mean, it's only two percent ish uh, Christian, eighty yeah. percent Hindu, uh, kind of as you were talking about there. And um, yeah, the the extreme sects of some Hindus is they can be pretty violent. It's a uh, it's this very very scary area in a lot of places for some for some Christians to be able to openly uh, share their faith. I think the thing that's so shocking to at least to the Western mind is when we think of Hinduism, we think of the westernized Hinduism. Uh, so we don't really think about these nationalized sects of Hinduism or these radicalized versions uh, because we just think it, it, it's a very peaceful religion. Uh, and that that is true when you're looking at the Western version of Hinduism. But as you said, there are some much more fringe groups uh, and they're growing in numbers uh, in India, uh, and they're moving in on the Christians in particular. Uh, so, you know, and, and it's also really hard as a Christian to share your faith with a Hindu person because yeah. they believe in so many thousands, if not millions of gods. Uh, so so having those conversations is is really tough with a Hindu person because they can say, oh, sure, you can believe in, you can believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus, but I also believe in these 4,000 other gods. Yeah. Uh, so, so the conversation is really tough to begin with, but then when you add in the radicalized element, uh, that makes it really dangerous and tricky for Christians. Absolutely. And, um, uh, just, just like I said, we got to be praying for our brothers and sisters over there in India for sure. Um, but, uh, as always, thanks for bringing that story, Trey, appreciate you enlightening us on that. We're going to head over to the main thing right now. And as I mentioned, there's definitely some colds going around, not so much the COVID going around, but there's definitely flu, um, and just people getting sick all over the place. Um, thankfully not as bad as the early days of COVID, but what is going on? What's the deal? John Stolness spoke with CBN's Lori Johnson to get an update on all things health this holiday season. That's today's main thing. So, Lori, as, as many people listening can probably tell by the sound of my voice, um, illnesses uh, strike a lot of people here during the holiday season. Uh, I'm battling a cold, and I know that's probably the same for a lot of folks listening to this podcast who may have had Christmas interrupted or changed a little bit because of this cold and flu season going around right now, and we know uh, COVID is, is ever lurking. So, um, I just wanted to get a check-in from you uh, about the cold and flu season right now, kind of as we're about ready to transition here into 2023. Uh, doctors and, and health officials have been warning us that we were in for a triple-demic with, um, with, with all these different uh, flus and colds and other things going around. How are things right now, as, as far as you can tell, with regard to uh, the, the level of infections and the stuff that people are dealing with right now? Well, it's kind of a good news, bad news situation. And also, first of all, let me say, um, I, I feel for you, John. I'm sorry that you're not that you're a little bit under the weather. And yeah, it's <laughs> it's all over the place. But it sounds yeah. like you're kind of limping along. You're obviously, you know, managing to uh, deal with it at home uh, mm -hmm. with home remedies and whatnot. And and really, that's that's where a lot of people are right now. We're seeing a lot of flu, a lot of RSV, a lot of COVID, but fortunately the hospitalizations, while they've ticked up a little bit, uh, the healthcare system is not overwhelmed. 
And um, actually, uh, so we've got the triple demic, which we've been talking about for weeks now, really months, which is RSV. RSV is what's really striking the kids so much mm. and then flu and then also COVID. And the good news is RSV is down. It's not good. gone completely, but it looks like we've already hit the peak with uh, RSV cases and the kids. Unfortunately, uh, there was such an, a demand for children's pain medicine that many pharmacies are limiting uh, children's Tylenol, children's Motrin yeah. to like two. Even online, there are limits, um, but 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 it's you can still get it. Sometimes you have to go to two or three different places. So well, to, um, I, to, to interrupt you to that point, Lori, I have been searching for children's ibuprofen and acetaminophen for two months now. Uh, they haven't been in any of my local grocery stores. They haven't been in any of my local CVSs. I, I was at a Walmart last week where we saw one box of children's Motrin and we grabbed it. Yeah. Because you're to your point, there the children's medication, fever reducing medication, there there is a very short supply. And in Northern Virginia, we have not I have not been able to find it in any of the normal places I would. Oh dear. And so this is um I'm sorry I didn't realize your little ones were sick or or more than one. Uh, one yeah, time. we a couple couple of months ago, you know, the flu went through our house, much yeah. like it went through everybody else's around Thanksgiving time. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So um, this is something that we saw during the first stages of the pandemic. Well, really, all during the pandemic, but especially remember when there when nobody could find toilet paper. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but right. Um, yeah, it's just a supply chain issue. There was just such high demand, but thank God. Uh, the RSV cases appear to be, have peaked and are on the way down. And as far as flu goes, uh, flu cases actually have ticked down a little bit recently. And um, COVID cases are still, you know, maintaining, they're, they're still steady. There was a slight uptick, but still um, it, we're in pretty good shape. Now, doctors are saying expect a surge in January because we always get a surge in January. Always there was a there was a bump up after Thanksgiving and and probably in January we'll see another bump up just simply because so many people got together during the holidays. Um, but as far as deaths from COVID, we're seeing about 300, a little 350 a day. And that's that's too many, obviously, um, yeah. but it's not anywhere near what we saw during the height of the pandemic, during um, the height of the pandemic. Like, for example, um, in January 2021, this time last year and uh, January uh, 2022, I should say mm -hmm. January 2021 was two years ago. That was the highest we saw uh, from COVID deaths. We were seeing over 2,000 deaths a day. There was one point in, mm -hmm. you know, like five days in January 2021 where we saw 2,400 deaths a day. So wow. we're, we're at, you know, and then last January was when we had that Omicron surge. And so 350 a day is still too many. But it's it's not anywhere we where we were in the January's past. So we're seeing the deaths mostly in people who are elderly over the age of 65. The older, the higher the risk. So it's mm. still it's still something that a lot of people are dealing with. It's still something people are dying from. Same thing with the flu. We've already seen uh, about 70,000 deaths from the flu. People are always so surprised when we hear when we hear about flu deaths. But it's because 
when a person dies from the flu, doctors don't say it was from the flu. What happens is the flu causes other things like pneumonia or uh. other types of uh, infections that end up being fatal. And so we're, we, but we always see deaths from, we always see tens of thousands of deaths from the flu every year. So it's, it's a, it's a bad flu season. It's a bad COVID season, but it's not anything that, that isn't, you know, manageable from, is from a healthcare standpoint. Mm -hmm. Right. And I know that's one of the big things. That's why COVID was such a such a huge issue early on was because of how it was overwhelming hospitals. Mm -hmm. And it sounds as though it sounds as though we were prepared for this. Everybody was being warned about it. And um, and it's the, the numbers you're giving are, are, are good numbers. It's good news to that, that things seem to be maybe starting to ramp down. Although, again, like you said, in January to be aware of a potential surge or a spike in, in some of those cases. Uh, I did want to also ask you about a story uh, that you did on holiday heart stress. Um, I, I know that for a lot of people, the holidays uh, for, you know, it's a joyous occasion. You're meeting with family, you're sharing gifts. It's a time to, to celebrate the birth of Jesus and uh, a fun time for the kids. But there's a fair amount of stress. And as a dad with three young boys, I can tell you the holidays certainly do come with a little bit of stress. Uh, and, and your story hits on some of the some of the things that people should be aware of with regard to the holidays and heart health. Well, this is a, a statistic that many people are very shocked by, and that is there are more heart attacks the week, this week than any other week out of the year. The week between Christmas mm. and New Year's have uh, more people uh, go to the emergency room for heart attacks than at any other week during the year. And Christmas Day is wow. the biggest day for heart attacks. I don't know why I laughed. That was inappropriate. That's a very serious thing, but it's just so surprising to so many people. Yeah. And the reason is uh, threefold, really. Um, the, the, the two main reasons are stress, like you said, and also bad eating and drinking. So those two things combined. And then the third thing is a lot of people um, have heart issues shoveling snow. A lot mm. of people don't realize how strenuous show, snow shoveling is. Do you know it's like, it's so hard on your heart. It gets your heart rate up so much. It's like running a 5K. And a lot wow. of people are like, hey, I shoveled the snow, you know, 20 years ago or last year. But if you haven't been active, I mean, like really active this year, you really shouldn't be out there shoveling snow. And so what people need to realize that if you um, need to shovel s snow, uh, there are some hints. Number one, uh, duh, uh, lift with your knees and bend with at your knees and not at your back. That's another thing. A lot of people have back issues when they shovel snow. So we always remember to bend at the knees, not at the waist. But regarding heart health, uh, you want to take it in small shifts. So uh, I spoke with an emergency room doctor who said, you know, try if you can that when it starts snowing, you know, after a little bit of accumulation, go out there and shovel. Then when there's a little bit more, go out and shovel. And then at the end of the storm, go out and shovel. So it's better to be shoveling like two or three inches rather than, you know, a whole foot because snow is really heavy. And um, be aware of the heart attack symptoms, obviously chest pains, but there are a lot of more subtle ones too, especially for women. And that's a feeling nauseous, uh, having uh, difficulty breathing, and just not feeling your normal self. If you suddenly feel, feel sick, 
to your stomach or dizzy or just not yourself, that could be a heart attack symptoms. And obviously time is of the essence. So get yourself to the ER. Well, it was a really informative story that you did um, and some some important tips and things for people to watch out for. So I encourage everyone, if you didn't see it uh, on the 700 Club, to go to CBNnews.com and check out Lori Johnson's story on holiday heart stress. Lori, thank you so much for joining me today on the Quick Start Podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and everyone listening. All right, John and Lori, thanks so much for that. And that leaves us with time here for one last thing. So we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. I think you you can't put a put a better message on the end of the year, right? We're, yeah. the, the last podcast episode of 2022 going into 2023. Uh, I just think it's a good time to reflect, right, on what it means to become a new believer. When we be, become believers, we put our trust in Christ, we are a new creation, uh, and that sanctification process begins. I think it's just always good to keep that in mind as believers. Yep, absolutely, 100%. As we're closing out the year for the podcast and heading into the new one, just uh, it's a good it's a good illustration of uh, let's let's start new and his mercies are new every morning his mercies are new every year too so uh whatever's going on in your life let's um pray and look to start forward anew because there's no better time than right now to do just that so all right everybody have a great and blessed new year lord willing in that creek don't rise we'll see you back here on tuesday